Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode 12 of The History Of, presented by the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one home for sports podcasts. I'm your host, Wolfie Tash. When it comes to baseball, Los Angeles has always been and will always be a Dodger town. However, in the last two decades, only one Southern California-based baseball team can say that they have won a World Series, and that is the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Back in 2002, the Angels were able to take down the San Francisco Giants in seven games to capture their first World Series title ever, and the first World Championship won by a Southern California baseball team since 1988. So, how were the Angels able to win a title before the Dodgers could even get back to the World Series? This is the history of the last World Series won by a Southern California baseball team. The Angels were founded in 1961 after former owner Gene Autry bought the rights for the team from former Dodger owner Walter O'Malley for $350,000. Over their first five years, the team changed stadiums three times until finally landing in Anaheim. That same year that they moved to Anaheim, Autry also decided to change the team name from the Los Angeles Angels to the California Angels. Over the next 35 years, the California Angels were a decent team. However, they only captured three AL West titles during that 35-year stretch. The franchise had their best season in 1982, when they won a franchise record 93 games, but fell to the Brewers three games to two in the ALCS. Over that same 35-year stretch, the team produced one Cy Young winner in Dean Chance, who won it in 1964, one American League MVP in Don Baylor, who won it in 1979, and one Rookie of the Year winner in Tim Salmon, who won it in 1993. Other than those three accomplishments, the Angels were really mostly known for being the second team in Southern California behind the Dodgers. In 1997, the Angels decided to change their name again and officially became the Anaheim Angels. And in my most humble opinion, this was the best name that the team ever had because they were playing in Anaheim, so they should be called the Anaheim Angels. And I personally think this is the name that they should always go with because if you're playing in Anaheim, you should represent the city you're playing in, not the county next to it. For those of you who have never been to Southern California, Anaheim and Los Angeles are neighboring counties. They are not the same. And to call themselves the Los Angeles Angels when they play in Anaheim was just a little silly to me. But that's a different story for a different episode. Anyways, getting back to the Angels... After a disappointing 2001 season that saw them go 75-87 and and finish third in the AL West, 41 games back of the Seattle Mariners, the Angels wanted to get better in 2002 and prove that they were better than people believed. Now, 
The first month or so of their season didn't go as planned, as the team went 11-14 and 14 through March and April. However, as soon as May 1st hit, the team clicked into a different gear, and from May till September, the team would go 88-49, and 49, setting a franchise record with 99 wins and finishing the season with a record of 99-63. and 63. The Angels were much better this season, and were getting production from nearly every single spot in the lineup. Garrett Anderson led the team in games played, hits, and RBIs, while finishing 4th overall in the MVP vote, while 8 of the 10 normal everyday players for the team hit over 280 on the season. On the other side of the ball, the Angels pitchers were solid, but it was reliever Troy Percival who had the greatest impact on the team's pitching staff that season. Percival went 4-1 with a 1.92 ERA and saved 40 games across 56 and a third innings pitched. He was such a dominant closer that he even finished 15th in the AL MVP voting that season. Even though the team was able to win 99 games that season, it still wasn't enough to win the AL West as they would finish second behind the Oakland A's who won 103 games that year and had the second best record in all of baseball behind the New York Yankees. So, the Angels captured their first ever wildcard berth and found themselves in the playoffs for the first time since 1986, which ironically was the same year that baseball introduced the wildcard. So the Angels went into the American League Division Series knowing they were going to be taking on the New York Yankees in a best-of-five series. Coming into the series, the Yankees were a heavy favorite over the Angels. The Yankees had won the AL pennant every year since 1997 and had won three World Series during that stretch. Not to mention the Yankees had five players with 93 or more RBIs, six players with 18 or more home runs, and four players with at least 176 hits on the season. And on the other side of the ball, the Yankees' rotation of Mike Mussina, David Wells, Roger Clemens, Andy Pettit, and Orlando Hernandez all had excellent years, and with Mariano Rivera locking down the ninth inning, it was clear why the Yankees were the heavy favorite. Even after going down 1-0 in the series to the Yankees, the Angels were able to outslug the Bronx Bombers and won the series three games to one, securing their first playoff series win in franchise history. Next up for the Halos were the Minnesota Twins, who, like the Angels, had pulled off the upset in the ALDS. The Twins took down the Mighty A's in a tight five-game series that saw the Twins barely survive in Game 5 to advance to the American League Championship Series. The Twins had the fewest amount of wins amongst all the four playoff teams in the American League. However, they won the AL Central in convincing fashion, winning the division by 13.5 games. The team split their first two games of the series in Minnesota. However, the Angels obviously didn't want to make another trip up north back to Minnesota and won each of their next three games in Anaheim to beat the Twins 4-1 in the series and advance to their first World Series in franchise history. In that World Series, the Angels were going to be taking on the San Francisco Giants, who had taken a very similar road as the Angels to get to the World Series. Like the Angels, the Giants got into the playoffs via the wild card. Like the Angels, the Giants pulled off a big upset in the National League Division Series, beating a 100-win team in the Atlanta Braves. Like the Angels, 
they beat the worst of their three division winners in the National League Championship Series to advance to the World Series. And this set up the first ever World Series matchup to not feature a division winner. The Giants were led by unanimous National League MVP Barry Bonds, who was coming off another prolific season that saw him slash 370, 582, 799, with a 264 OPS plus, along with 46 home runs, 110 RBIs, and a major league best 11.8 war. Bonds was paired alongside with Jeff Kent, who had also had a great season, slashing 313, 368, and 565 with a 146 OPS plus, along with 37 home runs, 108 RBIs, and a 7.1 war, which helped Kent finish sixth in that same MVP voting. The two teams went back and forth with each other, splitting the first six games of the series. Bonds had proven why he was the unanimous NL MVP and hit four home runs during those first six games, including one of the longest balls ever hit at Angel Stadium. However, thanks to power surges from Tim Salmon and Troy Gloss, the Angels were able to match Bonds' extraordinary production, which helped them tie the series three games to three. Game six had been one of the better games ever in World Series history, after the Angels came back from being down 5-0 in the seventh inning, using their patented rally monkey to help fuel their comeback and force a game seven. In that game seven, Garrett Anderson hit a huge double to put the Angels up early. John Lackey pitched five innings of one-run ball, and Troy Percival knocked down his seventh save of the postseason, securing the team's first World Series title in franchise history and the first World Series title won by a Southern California baseball team since 1988. Troy Gloss was named MVP of the World Series after slashing 385, 467, and 865 over seven games with three home runs and eight RBIs. The Angels became the first team to ever win the World Series in their first appearance and felt pretty good going into the next season as the club had planned to bring back almost all the players from the World Series winning team. While their 2003 season was a disappointment for the defending champs who finished under 500 and missed the postseason, the Angels would go on to win four of the next five AL West titles, setting their franchise record again with 100 wins in 2008. During that same stretch from 2002 to 2009, Angels manager Mike Sosha was named Manager of the Year twice. Vladimir Guerrero had become the second Angel in franchise history to win the AL MVP in 2004. And Bartolo Colon became just the second Cy Young winner in franchise history in 2005. Today, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim have developed kind of a bad reputation and, in my opinion, are known most for three things. Number one, wasting the career of Mike Trout, the best player in baseball. Number two, bad contracts, as evidenced by Albert Pujols, Josh Hamilton, C.J. Wilson, and so on, so on. And number three is they have not been able to get back to a World Series since 2002. But when it comes to Southern California baseball, the Angels can proudly say that they are the reigning champs of SoCal baseball. And until the Dodgers can get the job done and win a title, that's the way it's going to remain. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to check out the next episode of the History of Coming Soon, 
and check out the Believe Podcast Network for other great sports podcasts like this one. I'm Wolfie Tash, and you've been listening to the History Of on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one home for sports podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.